0: chapter twenty eight of blackthorn farm by arthur applin this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty eight finis robert despard was taken before the magistrate at bow street police court and was remanded bail being refused at the inquest on ruby strode the jury returned a verdict of manslaughter on despard's next appearance at the police court he was committed for trial this took place some weeks later but in the meantime something like a panic seized the shareholders in the radium mine at blackthorn farm there was a wild rush to get out the early birds in the city those who were prepared and had merely gambled managed to do so and to make a small profit others lost heavily here and there in devonshire there were rumors of men and women who had lost all their savings in the venture but the real sufferers who said nothing at all were old john dale and sir reginald crichton they were utterly unprepared and the tragedy that had occurred at despard's flat engaged their whole attention they were too shocked and horrified to think of themselves and even when they knew what was happening and saw the sudden drop in the shares which were eventually knocked down to nothing they made no attempt to save themselves the thought of ruin never entered john dale's head and when it was slowly borne upon him that he was ruined he merely shrugged his shoulders and said no word for his son had come back had risen as it were from the dead fate was kind and they were allowed to meet for a few brief moments before rupert was rearrested and taken back to prison and though by the laws of his country he was still guilty and a convict yet john dale had the satisfaction of knowing that his son had always been innocent and on his knees he thanked his god that he had been spared and very humbly too he prayed for forgiveness for having ever doubted his own flesh and blood for having no matter what proof was given him believed that his son could have been guilty of so mean and despicable a crime a fortnight before the trial of robert despard took place sir reginald arranged a meeting between his son jim john dale and marjorie repentance comes too late i know he said and it's no use my trying to explain but i hope it's not too late to ask miss dale to forgive an old man whose greatest crime after all has been a foolish unbending pride i know now that it was false pride marjorie shook her head and when sir reginald would have continued she stopped him there's no need to say anything your attitude was perfectly natural if i had been a woman instead of merely a girl and jim had been my son instead of my lover i should have felt just the same Behave just the same so long as you and father understand and will forgive us if our love has made us a little selfish sometimes nothing else matters she looked at her lover does it jim sir reginald glanced at john dale but the old yeoman farmer said nothing is it too late the former said to ask you to take my boy and make him happy remember he hasn't a penny now to bless himself with except what he can earn i was never one to believe in love in a cottage but perhaps i've been converted anyway jim has brains and i'm glad to say i hope it isn't false pride again that his country has already recognized it and i think there's a big career before him it will be still bigger my dear if he has you beside him as his wife marjorie's eyes filled with tears as jim took her in his arms and kissed her lips when my brother's innocence has been completely and legally proved and he is set free we will be married but not till then she whispered and john dale took his daughter's hand and kissed it rupert was of course a most important witness when despard's trial took place The document found on Ruby Strode, which proved that Rupert had been wrongfully convicted more than three years ago, was sufficient to convince the jury that Despard, though he had not contemplated murder, was nevertheless responsible for causing the woman's death. The fact that his trunks were packed and that he was ready to leave the country at a moment's notice without anyone being aware of his intention to do so, made the case look black against him. It was on his solicitor's advice that he made a perfectly frank and complete confession of the part he had played three years ago when rupert dale stood his trial for tampering with sir reginald crichton's check but despard's record was a black one and the counsel for the crown did not hesitate to show him up in his true colors he was found guilty and sentenced to seven years penal servitude a fortnight later rupert dale received the king's pardon and was set free as it happened the very first man to greet him outside the prison doors was his friend patterson he shook rupert's hand almost casually then gave him a hearty pat on the back we've been in some tight corners together dale he laughed but i thought when we got back to the old country we should find things a bit tame no more fighting no more narrow squeaks for our lives no more excitement i I was wrong eh at any rate you stepped right into the thick of it glad i was here to see you come out top dog and rupert nodded and gripped patterson's hand tightly you're the best friend i ever had he said huskily i ought to be patterson grinned since i owe you my life but for you i should never have got away on that black night when the murrits were dancing round the fire ready to cut our heads off and smoke em over burning embers lord what a fine game it is think of it this scalp of mine might have adorned some chief's sword now or the old hag who played mistress of ceremonies might be using it on state occasions as the latest fashion in evening dress it was on a warm spring morning in april that marjorie dale and captain james crichton were quickly married at princeton within sight of the prisons which had played such a strange and important part in their lives erstwhile convict three eighty one was captain crichton's best man as soon as the happy pair had left for the honeymoon destination unknown patterson rupert and john dale returned to blackthorn farm and over mugs of old brown ale again drank their health the farmhouse itself remained unchanged but outside there was a scene of desolation the mine which a few months ago had been a scene of activity was now deserted it was a blot on the beautiful moorlands though the great plant still remained silence now brooded best thing you can do dale patterson said is to come out east again and bring your father with you take my boy the old man whispered he'll succeed there i know the old country's played out i'm afraid but i-i'm too old now i'd only be a drag upon him but rupert shook his head and laughed i'm not going to desert you governor we've been parted long enough and what's more i'm not going to desert the old farm or the rotten old mind as far as that goes after all i'm responsible for i made the discovery a pitch-blend and got the radium idea in my head what will happen to the property now patterson asked and old dale explained just how matters stood he was the largest shareholder and he had not parted with a single share they had been quoted that day on the stock exchange at three pence seems to me the scare came at the very moment that hope was held out that radium would be extracted patterson said i was talking to one of the fellows who had made the first report on it the other day a german i dare say you remember him mr dale he backed out of it because he objected to mr despard and certain other men who were behind the scenes he says he is perfectly certain there is radium and that it can be extracted i don't pretend to know much about the subject but i'd like to have a look round to-morrow morning and it wouldn't be a bad idea to get hold of this fellow schwartz is his name and see what he has to say by jove i've put away a bit of money and i'd just like to gamble think of picking up a few thousand shares in a radium mine in england at threepence apiece <laughs> Whiz and that is just what mr patterson did mr schwartz was called in and on his advice the company was reconstructed sir reginald crichton and john dale held on to their shares and even brought a few more the new company took over the whole concern buying it at merely nominal price after six months of ceaseless work and research of hope and despair a rich strain of pitchblende was discovered with radium emanations the shares of the newly named blackthorn mine were daily quoted on the stock exchange at first their behavior was erratic jumping from pence to shillings shillings to pound and back again in a way that suggested that the market was once again being rigged but it was not patterson working quietly and secretly with mr Schwartz, discovered a new method of extracting radium ore which reduced the cost of production of the element by fifty per cent and shortly after captain and mrs james crichton returned from a very prolonged honeymoon the blackthorn mine had produced enough radium to assure them that they need have no fear as to their future unless it were the fear that such great and unexpected wealth might rob them of the simple love and happiness they had found john dale was overwhelmed when metaphorically the rats had left the sinking ship he had found himself with several thousand worthless shares these shares were soon quoted at a hundred per cent premium i don't like it he said in his old-fashioned way wagging his head it don't seem right somehow all i want now is a few pounds a week and the old farm my son by my side and my girl happily married well you've got that patterson laughed and whenever you feel worried by your wealth you've only got to step outside your front door walk over to east dart buy five thousand pounds worth of your own radium and send it to one of the great hospitals in london they'll know what to do with it there blackthorn farm means life for thousands of poor creatures who have abandoned hope we can give them life john dale so don't worry about being rich money's an awful nuisance i know but one always has the consolation that one can get rid of it as quickly as one likes which is more than a poor man can do anyway dale admitted that he had never thought of it that way but he has taken patterson's advice and he finds that it answers very well and he is still to be found at blackthorn farm dartmoor living principally on old ale and brown bread and cheese and so the gossips affirm at the village inn dividing his time between reclaiming the waste land and turning it into pasture and signing checks for the benefit of certain schemes and institutions which he keeps a secret from every one but his son Rupert robert despard is also living on dartmoor but not at blackthorn farm his country keeps him for his country's good and he wears a very pretty uniform and attends church parade regularly end of chapter 28 end of blackthorn farm by arthur Applin. recording by tony oliva